Buying your first investment property is a courageous and big decision. Now you're responsible for someone else's home, but also responsible for an additional set of payments you need to consider each month. The whole process can be daunting with tax considerations, tenancy law considerations, and most of all, dealing with tenants, the good and the bad. But it's the first stage of growing an investment portfolio. So you should be proud of your achievements, knowing that you are building your wealth through passive income. To hear it from someone just like you, today we have a case study talking to a new investor who has just bought his first investment property. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent, and invest right. Your host is Sue Langder. Real Copyright is creating content for all sectors of the real estate industry, building industry, and investment industries. If you're wanting expert copy to tell your story, your successes, and help sell or rent your amazing properties, call 5977-889 or go to realcopyright.com.au and send us a message. Reese Jake and Lee is a new dad working as an organisational consultant and still makes time for his Dungeons and Dragons group. He recently got involved in the property market for the first time. Here to tell his story, welcome Reese. How are you? Really well, thanks Sue. How are you? Yeah, great, thank you. Thanks for coming on to Real Estate Right today. Now, give us a little bit of background about how you came about buying your first property. Sure. I suppose it was meeting a friend who was a property investor as his, what he, what something he did and just talking to him about how he got started, his current situation. I think he owns 15 properties or something. And that got me really curious because I hadn't met anyone like that before. So that was what first started me thinking about buying a property asset investment. Yeah. Sounds good. So from that point, tell us what you've actually bought. And how you go about doing it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I got picked up an apartment in Collingwood uh, late last yep. year, um, end of uh, 2021. And yeah, that was after a bit of thinking about what kind of property uh, I would be looking at. So he is an advisor in the property market. Oh, shout yep. out to David we love Tom. David Tom. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, a, he's great. He was very, very helpful, very forthcoming with his um, wisdom. And yeah, he basically laid it out. You know, there's two strategies you can go for income or capital gains. And, you know, the recommended strategy is if you have the money, go for capital gains. But I don't. I'm pretty young, don't have a lot of savings, don't have a huge income mm-hmm. to speak of. And so something that was affordable that could give me uh, a decent return on investment was the strategy I decided on. So I went, picked up the apartment in Collingwood. Yeah, sounds good. David gave you the big spiel about, you know, the, the benefits of, of um, investment properties. But what values did you see in buying an investment property for yourself? Yeah, look, I really was attracted to the idea of wealth building over the long term, um, not yeah. necessarily having to just put away savings for retirement, but actually having assets that could grow in value and bring in wealth on their own. Um, so that idea of long-term financial freedom was really appealing. Yeah. There's also um, just some peace of mind knowing that that's happening as well. So I think just the value of stability and security was really at the root of it. Yeah. So just like give us a ball figure. How much do you make out of your current income like is it 40 to 50 grand 
you know, say 50 to 70. I'm happy to talk numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So when I met David and I come from like my, my people are typically highly educated and underpaid, you know, those those are kind of the people I hang out with. We're we're part of the precariat class. So we go from job to job and sometimes the jobs pay well, but they can be spaces in between. So I think I was on about, I was working some casual roles and doing some project work. I would have been on the equivalent of 50 grand a year, I think. So it's not much. No. It's not heaps. No. Yeah. So basically what we're trying to say is anyone can do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's all good. Do you find most people have a concern about middle-class debt aversion? Definitely in my circles, absolutely. Yeah. And that was something that I inherited from my family. Like my grandparents bought all their houses outright from savings. They didn't get into any debt and they could do that because their first house was like $12,000 or something. Yeah. Might have even been pounds. Yeah. So it was the same with my parents. You know, they got inheritances. They had either no or very little debt for their home purchases. Um, And so it was always hammered home to me that debt is not something you want to get into. You know, debt is something that, you know, is for people who are in financial strain or stress or is going to lead to problems. And that's true in my friendship circles as well, largely. Uh, So changing that mindset was a big part of, you know, talking to David and meeting other people who have become financially wealthy is that debt's actually great if it's invested in an asset. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's and yeah, it is a different change of mindset if you haven't grown up that way. Like I remember when I bought my first house and that was in 2000 or 1999 to 2000 and um, oh, I think it was 232000 we paid for it and we had to get a loan of 209000 And my dad was saying, oh, I've never had a loan over $200,000. You shouldn't be looking at this one. You need to go something cheaper. I, uh, I'm like, Dad, it's okay, you know. And then uh, three and a half years later, I sold the house for 432000 and you know, again, oh, they pay too much money for that house. You shouldn't have got that sort of money. <laughs> yeah. This is how it works, Dan. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's around a lot, particularly in Australia. We've, we've got tall poppy syndrome and this idea yeah. that you've got to be battling or doing it tough uh, and you don't want to get too far ahead because you might get cut down. So that's definitely there in the culture. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and if you look at the figures now, like, you know, with all these interest rates, rises going up and all that stuff, um, the number of homeowners is generally around 30-ish percent are actually fully own their homes where, you know, and then you've got about 25% which is rented and then the rest are mortgages. So it's it's still quite under halfway is the mortgage market essentially mm, yeah within reason like there's obviously investor market but in terms of people actually paying mortgages for the house that they're living in mm. it's kind of half yeah half up. yeah yes yeah. Yeah. So anyway now we've already talked a little bit about david tog so you've obviously sought advice on working out a strategy to buy your in, uh, investment property mm. so Talk us through the the strategy that David suggested to you um, based on what savings you had and uh, what he felt was best for you. Yeah. The strategy was essentially get what you can afford. Um, yeah. But 
Yeah, there was there was a specific strategy that we came up with around using the properties in Airbnb. Um, he yeah. talked to me about how he used those had he turned properties into Airbnbs. If you do it well, there can be a higher rate of return, and if you have the personality for it, it can be quite enjoyable. Um, yeah. And he recommended that to me, you know, based on our personal connection. So that mm-hmm. was the strategy. We looked at a few different areas. We looked at a place near a hospital. Ultimately, I landed on Collingwood because I my understanding of Melbourne culture is like it's the place everyone wants to be, and that yeah. an Airbnb there will do very well because um, of the you know the cultural um, gravity of the place. There's just so much going on there, and so people who know, who want to experience Melbourne are either going to want to stay in Melbourne City or Collingwood or Fitzroy or somewhere close yeah. by where they can get a lot of those um, uh, experiences there. So, yeah, getting a pr- loan approval helped me understand how much I could actually afford um, in terms yes. of my savings. I had a little bit, of, I had a few, little bit of savings, and then I got an inheritance from um, my grandmother who passed, bless her soul, um, yeah. a small amount, twenty uh, k. But you know that was something helpful. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And so then it was just a chance, a, a process of, you know, looking at what apartments would do well. Um, and I suppose I didn't spend a lot of time on that process. I basically, the first one I looked at that I was like, yeah, this is, this would do. I'd be like, yep, this is it. You know, I didn't yeah. spend a lot of time, um, you know, looking at prices and different areas. I didn't attend. I actually moved pretty quickly once I had my criteria in place. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because sometimes you just find, like you, you look through those internet pages and you find something that you kind of like. And, and if you're like me, I just make a split second decision. Yep, this is it. I'm going for it. Where do I sign? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I actually find the place before a decision is made actually a much more uncomfortable place to be. And sometimes yeah. that's important to sit in. But I think once your criteria is strong and if you find somewhere that meets it, then just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, David would be obviously one of your main trusted authorities but when it came to buying the property, but did you have any other sort of people who you trusted to go through the process? Yeah, there's a few people. I suppose um, the mortgage broker helped me helped me navigate that process of finding a loan, finding the right loan, you know, a competitive yeah. loan, and then just guide me through the process of settlement. It's pretty yeah. – there's a fair bit of jitters involved when you haven't dealt with these kind of figures before. So having someone- so Are you currently renting or ho- owning your own home? Where I'm you currently renting where I live. Okay. Um, yeah. That – is a pretty unique situation in that I'm renting with friends who own the home. So I feel like I have yeah. a pretty good relationship with the landlords given that we live in the same place. But yeah, yeah. I'm renting in my, in my home. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously mortgage broker, your conveyance, were they helpful? Yeah, they were. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So did you get all pre-approved before you went and down that wonderful place in Collingwood? Yeah, got my pre-approval, yeah. got, uh, understood how much I could actually purchase cool. for, yeah. 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 So basically, David, after your conversation with David, he would have, you know, basically said, look, these are your ducks in your row. This is, you know, follow this formula mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and it will make life easy, mm-hmm. less stressful. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Were there any specific criteria like any defining needs that you wanted with your investment property when you chose it so you've gone the airbnb design now design of investment yeah so obviously you needed to have that pool of infrastructure um no 
trendy places, those sort of things. Like, was there anything specific that you wanted? Was it like a two-bedroom apartment versus a one-bedroom or what? Yeah, I think my main criteria was that it would be in a a location that would get a lot of traffic. Um, So um, I've already spoken about that. The other one was that it could have the potential for a um, high-end experience, you know, that it could could be a a luxury apartment, you know, for good getaways and that sort of thing. So it needed to be relatively new, uh, good good conditions, nice presentation. Um, so I wasn't going for a bargain basement thing in, in that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, so you're obviously appealing to professionals who want a, a city getaway or they're visiting the country and they need to be close to, say, Melbourne Uni yeah. or the hospitals or the city for a theatre experience. Like, is the actual apartment in, like, an old Victorian building? Yeah, the complex itself is a – it was a build that was done about eight years ago, I think. Uh, Oxley, Oxley um, complex uh, in Collingwood. It's a really nice complex, really sort of bespoke design. The architects have done an amazing job in terms of having a place that looks very beautiful and it's also right next to Smith Street. So – so is it one of those converted factories? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 That, they've yeah. named all the apartments off the old factory floors that they um, yeah, are in cool. that area. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, having all of that in your Airbnb copy, like, would go, oh, this is a bit fun and funky and, and yeah. Yeah. Now we know Reese's thought processes. After the break, we're going to find out how he got to buy his first investment property and the processes he went through. Now, you're listening to Real Estate Right. I'm Sue Langada, and I'm talking to new dad and new investor, Reese Jakenly, about buying his first investment property. So, Reese, now you said that you bought in December last year. How hard or easy was it to get finance in these changing times? Because obviously it was just before the interest rates went up. Um, The banks were starting to put things like fixed rates up and all that sort of stuff because they were anticipating these changes would be happening. Um, did you find it was easier than you thought? Yeah, I, I, it felt like about right. Um, and yeah. I'm not an easy case, so to speak. I've got, I run my own business. Yeah. I've got some casual work on the side. I had to sort of cobble together an application which showed that I had money, but it wasn't, it wasn't just like looking at my yearly income of yearly salary and being like, oh yeah, tick, yeah. you know? So it required a bit yeah. of work on my end. I knew that would be the case. Um, but I didn't find the process hugely onerous, no. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Because it can there be. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm um, so did you have any struggles in the process of buying the investment property? Um, I did actually. Um, yeah. yeah. So in, in our initial sort of scoping, we were looking at an apartment um, near the hospital in Ivanhoe and, yeah. you know, had a talk with the agents and it was all looking good, signed the documents, transferred the, you know, the deposit. Okay. And I had a big whoopsie. Um and there was two phases of the apartment builds and I was told that I was getting the first phase, which would, you know, be ready for occupation in January, February next year. What it turned yeah. out to be the case was that set- settlement wasn't due for another year and a half and 
an occupancy after that because they were still building the things and that totally didn't work with my strategy because I had a kid on the way my kid hadn't been born yet and I was like I might not get approval I had this big panic kind of meltdown so that was a bit of a kerfuffle to put it lightly Uh, there was a lot of back and forth thing and I think part of the reason that that happened was you know I didn't do the right thing on my end. I didn't read all my documentation, but there's also a lot of pressure to sign quickly and you've got to. Oh yeah. Especially those off the plan builds. They're shocking. And and they do move quickly. The pressure is real, but what I learned from that is not to be rushed. Absolutely. To double check everything because it's a big commitment. What ended up saving me was that in part of that rush, I'd gotten the bank account number wrong. And so my deposit hadn't gone through. So there hadn't been consideration. So the contract wasn't binding. Had I not made that mistake, I would have been locked into an apartment that I didn't actually want. So it was was a series of unfortunate events that ended up being lucky for me. It was serendipitous. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and I got got the lesson without having to pay the price. Well, just the stress of that, those few weeks. Very lucky. So had you spoken to David before that or that was? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then David probably suggested you're probably better off doing something established if, you know, knowing that your child's on the way. Yeah, the strategy was always to do something that could be settled before the kid got here so you know so that wouldn't affect my loan and then to get the income coming in so we we, we yeah. had been told that there was an apartment that would fit that criteria but that turned out to be a miscommunication which you know yeah means nothing at a contractual level so yes, yes. so that's where we changed yeah. to collingwood oh very very interesting um everyone's got a story mm-hmm. like it's it's there's there's so many ways to skin a cat in real estate, and you know, you know, it's it's just interesting to know how close you could be with um some of those off the plan contracts, or you know, like one small thing could mean that you don't it's not binding Absolutely. anymore. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. In terms of advice on settlement terms, did you go for a longer or a shorter settlement? I went for a shorter one. Well, it was eight weeks. I don't know where that falls in terms of long. Yeah. Or shorter. That's- 60 days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my, my goal was to just sort of, you know, because of my situation, I had to spend a tight period of time occupying it before I could let it out in Airbnb. So I just kind of wanted to get that over with as soon as I could so that I could have the income start coming in. So, that, oh, so you bought it as a first home buyer with a first home exactly, buyer grant? Which is part, part uh, of why it was so accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And so you lived in it for six, six months? months. Yeah. Yeah. And now, yeah, now, so now you've got it as an operational Airbnb. Right, yeah. Yeah. Cool. As an Airbnb, how well is it going? It's going really well. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. say it's it's definitely paying the mortgage and then some. It's bringing in about, the, the mortgage is about 1700 a month and it's bringing in uh, about twice that at the moment. Um, oh, that's yeah, good. it's good. It's good. It, I also just found out because, you know, we, I've been tinkering with it and optimizing it and then, like, you know, the last few months, the income kind of flatlined. And I was like, what's going on here? And it turned out Airbnb had added all these monthly discounts that I hadn't. And so it was operating at a much lower rate than I'd programmed, but I've sorted that out now. So anyway, short answer, it's going well. That's good. Yes, I've got an Airbnb property, but it's in the country. And, um, yeah, I noticed in the last couple of weeks they've put 
like daily crisis on what I can see as a host, which they hadn't had before. So the, I don't know if you noticed the algorithms with Airbnb, but the more popular the days, the more expensive the days become. Yes, yeah, if you turn yeah. on the smart pricing feature, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so they've upped mine from, I think they've even gone up as much as $125 a day extra on some days. Yeah, that's all right. Which is good, but hopefully doesn't deter people because it makes it a bit of a um, expensive um, holiday for some mm. families. You attract more professionals or... Yeah, there's, there's been a bit of a mixture. I think because of the low monthly rate that I was not unaware of, I was getting a lot of couples who are moving back to Australia. There's a yeah. lot of young professional couples moving back to Australia after the last few years we've had, particularly Melbourne. Yeah. And so I'm getting some a lot of stays of them just wanting a base to land while yeah. I set up. Um, but 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 there was a period of time where there was a lot of parents coming to visit their kids who'd been trapped in Melbourne yeah. for lockdown. Um, and I would say, yeah, the average one would be you know, young professionals or young couples having a bit of a city so getaway. So what's, um, what's your average stay? Is it like a couple of nights or is it a week or is it a, you know, a whole month? What are they? Initially I was just having, trying to get anyone in to get my ratings up to get super host yeah. status. So it would be like a couple of nights yeah. average. Um, I've tinkered with things because I prefer slightly longer staying guests for the income and, and the less admin. So now I would say the average stay is more around a week, but I've got lots of monthly bookings for the rest oh, wow. of the year. That's so, good. Yeah. yeah. yeah we like good. the monthly bookings. The monthly bookings are great. It is at the very highly reduced rate that I wasn't aware was um, ha- happening. Uh-huh. So I, I guess we'll see what happens in 2023 because I'm, I'm kind of booked up for the rest cool. of the year. Well, that's what you want. You want yeah. to have that stability of knowing that you've got that going. Um Absolutely. I think I've got a 5% discount if they book a week and then I think it's only 10, 10 or t- maybe 20% if they book a month. But you may have had yeah. like what, a 50% discount? I, init- I initially put 40% for monthly bookings. Uh, yeah. And I've, I've, I've t- t- tapered that back. Uh, I've tapered that back to 25% yeah. and then, uh, yeah, so it's similar with the weekly bookings. Yeah. Because you've still got to pay the power and the rates and and the water and gas and all that sort of stuff, um, yeah. internet. Like as a Airbnb host, I actually find that the shorter stays means less chance of damage. Yeah, this is what I'm finding now that I've got a few monthly stays under my belt. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they sort of treat it too much like home. Yeah. Whereas the shorter stays, they're a bit more respectful. But, yeah. yeah no, you're, what you're saying is tracking so far. Yeah. So, yeah, I would, you know, even make it 10% as a monthly discount rather than 25 Good to know. Because, <laughs> you know, there may be there's, – there's extra costs, like <laughs> you've got to change your couch or, you, you know, there's scratches in the dining table or the dining chair legs are broken or – things that happen yeah the last the last guests it was the sink plug which was a five minute fix that i could have done but i was away at the time so i had to get a plumber out and pay for that and then the curtain rail came out as well and luckily i was in town for that so i did fix that up myself but yeah that hadn't happened with other with you know previous guests yeah 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 and it's all a learning curve that's that's for sure when it comes to um all types of investment properties really yeah yeah um so now that you've got your investment property, what's your next goal? Are you going to get another one? Oh, God. Um, next goal. 
I'm not sure that I have a next goal. I was a bit stumped when I saw that question. Um, I think my next goal, I think we'll, my next goal will probably be to purchase the, my home with my family. Um, yeah. So, you know, my partner has has a property. We're not sure that it's right for us in terms of living. So mm-hmm. I think the next the next big goal will be finding the place that we want to live in and, and buying that. Yeah, fair enough, because how old's the little one now? Uh, she's 10 months now. Yeah. 10 months, wow. Everyone tells me to enjoy it, and it is going quick. Yeah. You know, some, some moments feel like they're going to last forever, but yeah. overall it's going very quick. Yeah, cool. Um, now, is there any advice that you could tell our listeners that you wish you had before you started looking for an investment property? Um, definitely don't buy into the pressure um, yeah. and fast pace. Make sure you slow down to, and consider things so that you're comfortable with the decisions that you're making because they are big decisions. Um, at the same time, balance that with like once you know your criteria, take action. Don't don't sit in the decision space forever. Yeah, sounds like wise advice. Thank yeah. you so much, Reese, for sharing your story with us. It's been a pleasure having you on. Yeah, thanks a lot, Sue. Thanks. Again, now next week we have Frank back. Yes, Frank Volantic from Advantage Property Consulting will be giving us some spring auction strategies, which we desperately need in this dynamic spring period. Frank is always keen to give us a giveaway, and this one is timely as he will be giving us four tickets to inspect Channel 9's The Block in Gisborne just before auction day. So listen next Thursday for your chance to win. Real Estate Right is produced by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting companies, and is written, hosted, and produced by me, Sue Langada, with the support of my production and social media assistant, Lisa Fisher. All information given on this podcast is a guide only and delivered to help you understand the intricacies that can happen in real estate. We recommend that you get professional advice that is designed for your own personal circumstances. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting this podcast, Premium Beat for their music, Francis Morello for his voiceover, and Zoom for the recording. If you have a real estate story that is inspiring or a great how-to tip, please contact Lisa on 59778889 to find out how you can be a guest on Real Estate Right in 2022. If you would like to know more about our copywriting services, please email Lisa at orders at realcopyright.com.au. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters and investors get their real estate right. Baby, I'm I'm gonna take you through the world